Um, so Paul is going to be speaking on Matthew 14, 22 to 36. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way away from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And when they crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret. And when the men of the place recognised him, they sent around to all that region and brought him to him all who were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. So you've heard a very familiar passage, haven't you? Most of us probably know that story inside out, don't we? It's a, it's a, and I could, if I'm talking about Jesus the rescuer, there's loads of stuff in the Bible, isn't there, in the New Testament, how Jesus rescues us. You know, I think back to my own salvation. That's the biggest one for me. And that's like, you know, a boy who was kind of wasting his life, just coasting along, not very, very naughty, but a bit naughty in school. Strange now, I was a teacher after that, but I was naughty in school, didn't do very well particularly, but God got hold of me when I was 17 and he rescued my life. He took hold of me and took me from a point where I was, had been religious, I'd been growing up in a traditional Christian church. I hadn't read the, I hadn't heard the gospel in this church, I don't think ever, which brought me to a point where I needed to make a decision for Jesus. And yet, at one youth meeting when I was 17, God got hold of me and came into my life, turned it around. That was the biggest rescue for me. And loads of you could testify to that happening for you. It might be worth you at some point saying, can I have a coffee with you? And can I just tell you how I became a Christian? And would you like to tell me either how you became a Christian or how far along the journey of discovering Jesus you might be? A good thing to do, wouldn't it? So, we could have picked any number of accounts in the New Testament of how Jesus rescued a situation, couldn't we? Yeah? And we can already read the previous chapters to the ones we've heard read out about how Jesus transformed people's lives. You've really just got to look back a few chapters. Jesus cured an outcast man from leprosy. Jesus calmed a previous storm to that one. Jesus saw a crippled man being let down through the roof and he saved him from his paralysis. 
and he set him free from his sin as well. Jesus saw a girl, a dead girl raised from the dead and a hemorrhaging woman healed. Uh, he gave a blind man back his sight. He delivered a demon-possessed man. He fed 5,000 people from a boy's lunchbox. Peter, who was observing this and is part of our story today, had watched those things, hadn't he? He saw what Jesus was doing. He heard the amazing miracles that Jesus, uh, he saw the amazing miracles. He heard the amazing teaching that Jesus gave. He had a growing faith in him after that time when he was called away from being a fisherman and being given their charge of catching men in the future. So Peter was quite familiar with the ways of Jesus, but maybe his faith wasn't that deep. And we know what Peter was like. A lot of people put Peter down, but I actually think I admire him really because he stepped out. He was prepared to do those things which I wouldn't have been prepared to do certainly many years ago. So, what is faith? What is faith? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is being sure of the things we are hoping for and certain of the things we do not see. So if we're wanting to experience Jesus for ourselves, we need to exercise faith. And it's not a case of working it up ourselves, God plants a seed of faith in our hearts which we can encourage and nurture and other people can, can uh, also help us with. But it's God's work. Everything is God's work, working in us. And they, hopefully there'll come a point when everyone in this room will accept the knee, will bow the knee to Jesus and accept him as their saviour and Lord. You see, it works like this. All of us have got stuff in our lives where we know there needs to be change, don't we? We need our lives transformed. We can't do it ourselves, but we know a, a, a man who can do it, and that's Jesus. We need to look to God. We need to look to what he's already said to us or what has been preached from the front here and to trust him to provide for us in the future and give us more faith so that we can move forward in our lives. So if we're in a position of financial hardship or a relationship issue or an addiction or we're troubled with a health condition like we were praying about earlier or we're anxious about the future or anything else, God wants to rescue us from that this morning. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond after we've finished uh, my talk this morning. So that might be an act of faith, getting up out of your chair for the first time and asking someone to pray for you. That can be a great act of faith. I couldn't do it many years ago, strange as it might seem now, but it was a hard job for me just to have the courage to ask someone to pray with me. But I'm so glad that I'm not in that position anymore. I'll be glad. And the leaders and elders and ministry team here, I'm sure, We'd be really, really glad to pray with you. Just reach out to Jesus this morning and ask him 
to provide you with miraculous answers and rescue you from different situations you're in. Jesus Christ is our deliverer. So don't look anywhere else. Don't go for a religious system or a philosophy or an alternative therapy or a healer of some sort that's not Jesus. He is the rescuer and he's greater than all these things. We shouldn't consider those to be of any, much, any real use to us in the long run. The, uh, Jesus is the only one who can genuinely set us free. Okay, so Jesus did many things. It says at the end of four, chapter 4, actually, of Matthew, it lists that Jesus did these, this number of things. So we know that Peter was there when lots of those things happened. It's all very well, isn't it, watching someone do something and making a decision for themselves. But actually, the rubber hits the road. It becomes a reality for you and me when we actually decide to take the plunge for ourselves. And Peter took a plunge, didn't he, in this story. So after the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus goes off to pray somewhere and he sends his disciples in the boat off to meet him on the other side of the lake. And um, during that time, in the middle of the night, a storm blew up, didn't it? It, 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 uh, it, you know, a rough old storm. And it happens in that area, apparently. And it scared the wits out of those people. They were dead scared. Fishermen must have been used to those sort of storms happening. But for some reason, it scared them to death. And they said, if only Jesus was here to rescue us. And it occurred to me, have you or I got any issues or blockages or conditions or situation where there's just no respite? It seems like you're in the middle of a storm. There seems to be no future for you, no relief from the pain, no diagnosis, no remedy for the problem that you're in. Well, Jesus was right there, wasn't he? We read about it. It's a familiar passage. Out of the darkness, they reckon between three and six in the morning, a figure appears walking on the water to a boat that's quite a long way away from the land and is on another rescue mission. So my first point, and they're all simple points, but they can be quite profound for you and me this morning. The first thing Jesus says is, it's me, it's me. What he actually says, if you look at the Greek, it says, it's I, I am. Now lots of us would know what that means, won't we? I am. It's I am God, I am Yahweh. So Jesus is declaring that he's God. And he says, take courage. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Whatever they were going through in that storm, whatever you and I might be going through in our lives, it might be well out of our comfort zone, but Jesus wants to come today and say to you, I'm with you. I'm with you. The God who made the universe, the God who brought about an amazing act of sacrifice to buy your salvation and mine is right here with us today. 
So take courage this morning. Don't be afraid. Jesus says, I'm here. So Peter, being Peter, out of all his experiences of watching and listening to Jesus, knows that something's required, really, doesn't he? And he steps out very rashly and says, if it's really you, Lord, tell me to come to you on the water. What a stupid idea. <laughs> Isn't it? Of all the places, a fisherman who's used to being out there on the lake. <laughs> it's a daft idea, really, isn't it? But he was growing in faith and trusting in the one who could save him. Jesus on the water. So my point two. The second thing we can learn from what Jesus says, and there are only three things he actually says, is come. Come, what an invitation. What an invitation to every one of you this morning and me to come to Jesus. When I have a problem, an anxiety, a worry, a health problem, a financial difficulty, a relational issue going on, Jesus says, come. That's all it says, come. What an invitation to, to Peter sitting in the boat at the time and he decides to take a step of faith. All right? Being certain of those things you can't see. He probably didn't know much about the laws of physics at the time, did he? But he got out of the boat and started to walk across the water to Jesus. See, it's no good just hearing these things. We have to do something about it and come physically, mentally, spiritually come to Jesus. Put your life in his hands. Okay? So I wonder what position you're in this morning. You're in a, st a stage where you're just looking in on this whole Christian faith. You like some of the people here, maybe not all of them yet, <laughs> but you like some of them. Someone's invited you and you just want to kind of have a little peep in and see what's happening. But the songs, they kind of talk about a love for Jesus, a love for God, giving my life to Jesus, and so on. So you're quite intrigued, but you perhaps want to know more. Jesus says to you, come, come. And if you've been around for a while, you've given your heart to Jesus in the past, and things are not going too well, maybe you've wandered off a bit, maybe you've actually, your faith has grown a bit cold, and you're just longing to get back into that place of intimacy with Jesus, he says to you this morning, come, come. My arms are open out to you. and Just come back to me. You can do that this morning as well, can't you? It was going fine for Peter until he was aware of what was happening around him. You see, things going on around our lives, the clutter, the turmoil, the wind, the storms, etc., of everyday life can take our attention away from God. And when he did that, he just sank, didn't he? We need to keep our eyes, guys, on Jesus. We need to keep our eyes on him. So it comes to point number three. 
Jesus rescues us when we're up to our neck in it, when the trouble seems too much. And Jesus comes to us and he says, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you take your eyes off me? Is it a mild rebuke or a strong rebuke? Oh, you of little faith. I think actually part of it is that he actually wants Peter to learn and to grow and to mature as a believer, as a man of faith and move on and do greater things in the future. Jesus wants to take us from where we're at and we give him permission to come in and do greater things in our lives. Lessons that I took years to learn really. I was dead scared before I gave my life to Jesus in case he was going to take all the exciting things away. Yeah? In the 60s, we're talking about now, early 70s, and there are lots of good things going on musically and all the rest of it. And I thought, oh, suppose I give my life to Jesus. Am I going to become a boring old person, you know? And uh, no, he didn't, actually. My life was much more fulfilled than it ever had been before. But I was in a church where they didn't really believe in the Holy Spirit stuff, like they do here. And they said, I'll tell you one, one thing. We used to have this discipleship book, and it was a little printed book, and when they gave it out to the people in the group, the middle pages were cut out. <laughs> Someone had sliced them out with a pair of scissors. And I said to the, the guy who was leading the course, I said, what's missing from here? Is it the adverts or something like that? And he said... No, that's the Holy Spirit. We don't do the Holy Spirit here. I said, well, this is terrible, you know. <laughs> Even I knew at the time it was bad stuff. <laughs> but, you know, it then sent me on a long journey of discovery because I knew that I needed the Holy Spirit to fill me, to empower me, to give me the things that I needed just to live a normal life. But I was also scared again. Scaredy cat I was, really, when I was younger. Not much faith, not much confidence. You might think, oh, Paul's confident now, but actually I was just a scaredy cat in those early days. Well, it took me a long time to process it. But then I took the plunge one Saturday morning and the Holy Spirit came into me, flooded my life and brought amazingly good things in. And my life actually started to take off really strongly from that point. So if you feel like your, your Christian life is a bit flat, it's a bit you know, pointless, it's a bit, you know, needs more, come forward this morning and we will pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you'll notice such a change, such a change in your life. You'll be able to have access to the gifts of the Spirit and the you know, the, the, the presence of Jesus, you know, visibly, you feel it in your heart and your life and it'll propel you into all kinds of good things for the future. So it's just three simple things out of that story. All right, first thing, don't be afraid. Come and, oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt that I would come and give you 
so many good things. As I said, the proof of the pudding is in the action, isn't it? And uh, people know me, I just love to pray for people to become a Christian. So if you're here today and you're not a Christian yet, there are plenty of people here who will just come and help you to receive Jesus this morning. And I suggest that when we have whatever we're going to do next, are we having a song to finish with? We are. So are we going to ask people to come doing the song? Okay, so I would suggest that if you want to receive Jesus as your saviour, you come and stand over here. It takes an act of faith, you know. Peter had to get out of the boat. I had to put aside all my fears and failures and circumstances which held me back. But I had to come. And maybe that's one of the things that some of you got to battle with and overcome this morning is actually responding to Jesus. Because it's so easy to say, oh, I'll do it later when I get home. Or I'll do it with my friend at some other time. But actually, now is the time for salvation. All right? Now is the time. You can respond to Jesus. You can come to him this morning. You don't have to know everything beforehand. You just have that little grain of faith that I spoke about at the beginning. Okay? And there's some other things. There may be some prophetic words that others of you have got as well. If you want to be filled with the Spirit or you want to be prayed for for healing, well, just come and form a big crowd over here. Lots of us carry stuff, don't we? So I've got some people in my church that you say, come forward for prayer. And I know they're real, but they won't come forward. It's almost like they're saying, oh, I'm quite happy with my illness. Doesn't really matter, you know, I can live with it. But we've got Jesus here. He's here today. He wants us to receive from him. It's not about me and my performance. You can grade me out of 10 if you like for the talk, but it's not about me. It's about him. Him coming. We just pray with you, pray over you, ask, invite the Holy Spirit to come and do his work. And why don't we all get in a place where we can receive from the Lord this morning? So I want to just pray first. Just join me in this prayer. Thank you, Father. You're just not wanting us to stay trapped in unbelief or disbelief. You don't want us to be controlled by ill health or stuff to go with relationships with other people or our finances or all those things which get in the way and clog up our response. You want to release every person in this room into freedom. You came as our rescuer. You came to deliver the captives and give them freedom. I pray this morning that each one of us would just take those very simple, basic expressions that Jesus used. He said three things. We will, Lord God, know that you're here. Know that you're for us. Know that you want to rescue us and change our lives, Lord. Give us a new reason for living. 
would you just come now? Speak to us, Lord, in the quietness of our hearts. Help us to lay aside those fears, Lord, about what it might mean. Because you're only coming to give us good things. Welcome us back, Lord, if we've been straying away from you. Fill us with faith and expectation so that we can experience more of you this morning. Heal our sicknesses. Mend broken relationships. Take away our doubts and fears. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask you to respond by singing this, I guess it's a response song now. If you'd like someone to pray with you, just come forward over this side, on my right hand side, your left. And if you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time, or you're coming back to Jesus because you've been away, or you've been maybe in a religious place, you've been in a church where it's all about what you have to do to please God, all the customs and the stuff that happens, and you want to just make sure you are born again. Just come over to this side on your right and my left. And people there can come and help you to take you through the basics of what you've got to do. It's quite simple.